Hello guys and welcome to episode 4 of the Fit Dad Podcast. Fucking hell, episode 4, 4 weeks in, a whole month down the line. I can't believe that it's been a whole month since we published episode 1. I tell you, the older I get, the faster time is going. It's a little bit depressing, but on the other hand, I'm ultra proud to be here a month down the line, still standing strong, still talking to you through the podcast, and you guys are still here listening. Uh, We've built on views week on week. The messages are coming in thicker and faster with every episode that goes, so the support is just absolutely incredible. I'm delighted to have you here, and thank you in advance of time for your company over today's episode. Now, Just touching briefly on episode three, so last week we covered the sort of fundamental rules of fat loss. We were looking at thermodynamics, we were looking at food, nutrition, how our body sort of uh, viewed that as energy and how the energy was then distributed through various means to pull us through a typical day. Now, in that episode, I basically just sort of asked the question that if anybody does need any help in terms of deciding what their calories look like, what sort of deficit they should be creating to underpin their goals. If anyone needed any support or more information, it was kind of a podcast topic in itself. It's something we can cover a good 20, 30, 40 minutes discussing. So I did say that if anyone needs that extra support, just to message me directly and I'd look into doing uh, you know, a podcast topic on it if it was that the demand was there. Now, off of the back of that, I've had quite a few people reach out for support and people take me up on that offer. So today's episode is going to be built around Um, the topic of how to decide the best kind of calorie deficit or how to manipulate your energy to support your goals. So in true Fit Dad style, I've obviously not got a clue what I'm going to call the episode yet. (laughs) And we'll just leave that to the last possible minute like a typical fucking bloke would. But I do know that's exactly what we want to discuss. So what I'd say, guys, is that if for whatever reason you didn't manage to tune into the episode last week, First off, shame on you, but there's no judgment. I'll give you this opportunity to go back and to listen to it over because it segues quite neatly on. Obviously, it's very applicable. So to sort of discuss this now in episode four, it felt like quite uh, quite a good step to take. It felt like quite a natural transition building on from episode three. So yeah, check that out if you've not already. But just to sort of, uh, I guess, quickly... Um, address the elephant in the room. I know that calories isn't the most sexy of topics of conversation. Um, I know that, guys. I understand that. But the reality is that we're all here to improve our health. We're all here to achieve certain body composition goals, whether it is that you've got a goal in fat loss or whether it is that you're looking to sort of gain weight and build new muscle, whatever it is. It's important that we've got a good, solid understanding of how calories work and how we should be manipulating that energy in order to support and underpin the targets that we've set for ourselves in our own lives. So as much as it's not a very sexy topic of conversation, I'm going to double up and I'm going to pair it with not a very sexy backstory. And what I want to do, guys, is before I start getting into the, the, the crooks and crannies of today's episode, I just want to give you a bit of a, a background, really, give you a, a bit of a debrief on how the concept of a calorie has evolved over time, from when it was first conceived to exactly how we understand calories today as a metric of energy. Now, the calorie was first introduced to us way back in the early 18th century. Now, I'm going to try not to butcher this completely, but it was first brought to our attention by a professor who went by the name of Professor Nicholas Clement de Mores. 
I think is how you pronounce his name. I'm not too sure. That sounded a bit more Spanish the way that I said it, but I'm pretty sure he was French. So hopefully I didn't completely butcher it. But for the topic of this, uh, for the sorry, for the purpose of this podcast, we'll just call him Professor Nick. Now, Professor Nick was very interested in steam engines. So the calorie was first introduced to us not as a, a metric of energy from food, or it was nothing to do with human movement and nutrition. It was introduced to us as a metric of energy that was used to power a steam engine. Now, Professor Nick had this concept and had this theory that there was a metric of energy found inside heat, which actually helped power that steam engine to an optimal level. Now, in order to sort of build on this theory that he had about the power of steam engines, he had to first sort of name and quantify the metric of energy, and he called that a calorie. So the actual earliest definition that we've got recorded in black and white of what a calorie is, is as follows. So Professor Nick said that one calorie is the amount of heat needed to elevate by one degree centigrade one kilogram of water and I thought that was quite interesting because I know myself when I've spoke to clients before and I've been trying to sort of break down the human body and nutrition in its most basic form I've used the analogy that just think of your body like an engine and think of calories as the diesel or the petrol equivalent of fueling that engine to keep you going and keep you running and to keep you sort of going optimally at your best possible uh, your best possible level. So for me to know that the origins of the calorie had quite a, a similar background, I thought was quite interesting in my own geeky little way. But um, yeah, moving on from that, the calorie was then conceived into how we understand it today in the late sort of 18th century. So a chap by the name of Wilbur Atwater basically expanded on those key principles that were introduced to us by Professor Nick. Now, he was basically looking at the systematical sort of chemical analysis of foods, and then he introduced the calorie as a metric of energy found in in food to obviously fuel human movement and performance, and that was in the late sort of 18th century. So those are the foundations that today's understanding of what a calorie is first came from. So there we have it. Now, in today's day and age, we obviously know that calories are used as energy to, to, to fuel us, to, to allow us to perform at an optimal level in both sport, physical activity, or like I touched on last week, just fucking general day-to-day life, guys. We need the energy to fuel us, to keep us running physically and cognitively at an optimal level, so it's super, super important. Now, I did touch on this last week, so apologies in advance for anyone who has listened to episode three, but I'm just going to give you a quick reminder of exactly what it is that we covered when it came to how our body interprets energy. Now, it's very straightforward. We either, one, we burn it, so we use it as fuel and we burn the energy off. Either two, we store it, so we have an excessive amount of calories coming in for the amount of movement that we're doing, so that then gets stored away as fat. Or number three, we absorb it. So the very disgusting, but the very appropriate example that I used last week was that if you imagine eating a full tin of sweet corn today and then checking in the toilet bowl after you've used it tomorrow, that sweet corn is going to have bypassed that middle part and gone straight into the toilet bowl looking very similar to how it did when you first ate it. So I appreciate it's a bit of a disgusting thing to imagine, but you see the principle that we've kind of took that food in, but we've not got any sort of energy or nutritional value from taking that food so it's just kind of bypassed that middle bit so in summary we either burn it as fuel we store it as energy or we absorb it that's how our body interprets calories now as i've mentioned in the past 
the calorie deficit is obviously the key to the success of weight loss of fat loss or a calorie surplus again is a key fundamental component to building new muscle if it is that your goal is to actually gain weight so regardless of what side of the fence you sit on and regardless of what your sort of goals and targets are fingers crossed you're going to get some good value from the up and coming podcast now in order to work out exactly what your target should be day to day in order to make sure that you're underpinning your goals you need to first work out what your kind of baseline amount of calories is. And as I mentioned last week, we call that our maintenance calories. Now, just to quickly explain, the maintenance calories is the amount of energy that we need to take in over the course of a day just to kind of break even. So if we were to never gain any weight, if we were to never lose any weight, if we were to visualize they're exactly the same as we are today, there's a certain amount of calories that we need to eat in order to maintain that. So once we know our maintenance calories, that kind of gives us the benchmark really to which we can subtract calories to burn fat or we can add calories to gain weight or build muscle or whatever your target is. Now, I've identified, and I believe there's sort of three sort of key strategies that you can use when it comes to deciding exactly how many calories you should be consuming Um, and the right strategy is just going to depend basically on on, on your preference I guess it's going to depend on what your goals are the time frame that you're looking to work towards in order to progress towards achieving that goal I've got my own preferences and I'll share my own views as we go along but just to sort of give you the options I want to explain everything to you so you can decide what's going to be the right fit for you basically in your lifestyle and and your targets. Now, the first thing that you can do when it comes to deciding a calorie deficit, of course, once you've worked out your maintenance calories, is going to be to just simply pick a number and stick to it. To choose a number, to choose the amount of calories that you want to create a deficit for and then just simply implement that into your day-to-day strategy. Now, to be honest, that's how a lot of people set a deficit and to do that because it's simple, it's easy to understand, it's achievable, it's quantifiable. So a good example is just going to to kind of build on from what I said last week. So I used the example in episode three that if you used to be in a calorie deficit or a calorie surplus of 500 calories a day, Over a seven-day week, that's going to amount to 3,500 calories. Now, we know that 3,500 calories amounts to one pound of fat. So obviously, if you were to lose a pound every week, you need to be creating a deficit of 3,500 calories, which is quite impressive. So that's why I know uh, just to sort of sidetrack a little bit. I know that a lot of people who listen to this podcast um, are either following protocols set by Slimming World and Weight Watchers and things like that. And I always see it on social media that people seem really deflated and really disheartened when they've only lost a pound. It's looked at a, quite a negative thing, quite a negligible, um, a negligible achievement. But guys, three and a half thousand calories that's the equivalent to almost two full days of eating for the typical average woman so if you're losing a pound a week you're doing very very well it's um you know it's a good achievement so please don't downgrade the progress that you're making it's impressive to lose a pound is absolutely fine and you know for for a lot of people it's a great achievement so pat on the back don't discredit yourself. <laughs> now, my only issue is with blindly picking a number is that it's kind of a one-size-fits-all approach. And when it comes to our nutritional protocols, I don't think there should be a one-size-fits-all approach because we're all wonderfully unique. I'm sure that you listening to this podcast right now. I'm sure you're very unique and very special and very wonderful in almost every walk of life. And certainly when it comes to your nutritional protocols and your physical activity protocols, you know, you're definitely no different. So what I mean by being unique is that we've all got a different, um, 
a different level of maintenance calories. So for example, if we say that everyone's going to create a 500 calorie deficit every single day, if you've got a maintenance amount of calories of 2000 calories a day, and you've never sort of implemented any kind of nutritional protocols or boundaries in the past, for you to then cut your calories by 500 a day, that's a 25% deficit versus what your maintenance calories will be. So depending on you as a person, depending on your background and how you respond to that, that's potentially quite an aggressive cut. And if it's too aggressive, it's not sustainable. It means that you're going to feel the pinch of it, basically. It's going to be difficult to stick to. And therefore, it's not very likely that you're going to be able to adhere to that over a long period of time. Whereas in reverse to that, if you're you know, if you're bigger, if you've got more muscle mass, if you're more physically active and therefore you've got a higher maintenance um, level of calories, say you eat 4,000 calories a day to maintain, then arguably you could probably quite comfortably create a 500 calorie deficit and still feel okay, still function, still progress towards your goals because you had more calories to play with to begin with, if that makes sense. So it's choosing a number and sticking to it. The benefits are that it's quite tangible. Um, it, it's, a, it's a quantifiable metric that a lot of people find easy to get their head around. But the flip reverse, the negative, is that it's it's kind of a one-size-fits-all approach. And depending on what your starting point is and depending on what your history and your background with nutrition is, it's not necessarily going to be the best fit for you. So that takes me on to the second point, which is basically choosing a calorie deficit based on a percentage. Now, for me, that's a bit more appropriate for most people because it's going to take into consideration what your maintenance calories are to start with. So hopefully that results in you know a less drastic or a more sustainable um, target that you put in place day to day. So I did a post on this a few weeks ago, but if you're someone who's new to new to this basically if you're listening to this podcast because you're sort of building foundational knowledge and you're equipping yourself with with skills to sort of support your goal because you're right at the start of your journey if you've never managed your nutrition in the past the last thing I'd want is for you to come into this and create an incredibly drastic um, cut in your daily energy because if it is that you're eating too little as I mentioned last week it's not just you know, physical performance that's going to suffer. You're not going to be able to give it all in the gym. You need activity. So again, the movement you do day to day as a natural byproduct of restricting your calories is going to reduce because that's your body's way of adapting to, to a lower calorie stimulus. Um, you're also going to suffer cognitively. You're not going to be operating your, to your best level at work. You won't have energy to you know, spend with your kids and you're going to feel the pinch, you're going to feel hungry, you're going to feel depleted and it's just not a great experience. So if you're new to implementing a strategy, I typically say around 10 to 15% as a deficit is a good benchmark for the majority of people to start with. Some people might be able to get closer towards 20% or indeed that 25% level depending on your starting point but we're all wonderfully unique so the key is really whenever you're choosing your deficit just listen to the signals and the feedback that your body's giving you always try and do something for if you can four weeks or so and over that period of time you'll know if the deficit that you've set for yourself is working you'll know whether or not you're progressing towards your goals you'll know how you feel what your energy levels are like um, just as uh, I guess, a process of trial and error. So you're your own best PT, you're your own best dietitian, you know your body, you know how you feel better than me or any coach or any third party ever will do. So don't ever ignore the signals that your body's giving you when it comes to choosing a deficit. 
Um, I've mentioned this in the past on posts, but for me, the winning formula for choosing an effective deficit, if we're looking at long-term adherence to sustainability, the key is always going to be the minimum effective dose. So in other words, how much can we eat? How many calories? How much energy can we take in in order to feel as if it's uh, manageable and sustainable it doesn't feel like hell on earth we can do it quite comfortably but we're still paying respect to the fact that we need to be in that deficit to burn fat so for me finding that minimum effective dose is it, it is the best fit for most people if it is that we're going about this with long-term sustainability in mind okay now that takes us on to the third way of choosing uh, a target now on this bit, it's going to be where we're looking at achieving a very specific goal, so a very specific amount of weight that you want to lose over a very specific time frame. So, for example, if you've got a party or a wedding or if you've got a holiday or something to that effect, there's some kind of event or occasion that you've got in mind, which is the sort of main focus and the motivator behind why you want to lose a certain amount of weight, that gives us very tangible uh, targets and numbers and a framework that we can work to work towards to almost kind of mathematically work back what your deficit is going to be based on the time constraints that we're working to. So if we just say for the sake of example that you want to lose 21 pounds in weight, now we know that 21 pounds, uh, sorry that a pound in weight amounts to 3,500 calories. So very simply if we times 21 pound by 3,500 calories that gives us a target deficit of 73,500 calories that we need to create. Now, let's consider the deadline that you're working to. So let's just say that you're looking to go on a holiday in 14 weeks time. So that's 98 days. All we do is quite simply just divide 73,500 by the 98 days that we've got. And that's going to give us a daily target of a 750 calorie deficit that we must maintain in a day to you every single day from today up until the point you go on holiday in 98 days time. And we can say quite predictably that as long as you're adhering to that process, as long as we're creating that deficit over that period of time, you'll lose that amount of weight, basically. Now, I'm not a huge fan of that tactic just pure and simply because we can start getting into the realms of crash dieting and being very drastic and very aggressive with the targets and the protocols that we put in place so naturally the shorter the amount of time is that your sort of target event or occasion is in front of us the more drastic the reduction in calories is going to be in order to sort of make up for the deficit that we need to create in order to achieve that goal, if that makes sense. And for anyone who's sort of absorbed my content over any period of time, if you follow me on social media, or indeed if you've been listening to the last few podcasts that we've released um, to this point, you'll know that everything about my approach, my views when it comes to improving our health and fat loss and, and, and achieving our targets everything in my view should be done with long-term sustainability and adherence at the forefront to make sure that you're achieving your goals in a safe manageable and in an effective way i'm not a huge fan of the fads i'm not a huge fan of crash dieting i'm not a huge fan of drastic measures just pure and simply because for the majority of the general population it's just not sustainable it's just not realistic and it tends to be the case at least in my experience that whenever somebody goes too hard, too fast, 
And as a result of that, they have an incredibly negative, restrictive, hell on earth type experience. It kind of creates negative relationships and neg- ne- negative associations with you know nutrition and with physical activity. And the last thing that I'd want to see is you kind of coming into this for the first time thinking, okay, fuck yeah, I'm getting enthusiastic. I want to lose this amount of weight in this time frame. What can I do? What's the fastest way of getting there? And then all of a sudden, because you're focused on speed and instant results, as a lot of us are in today's day and age, you take extreme measures and you adopt unrealistic protocols that naturally, again, don't create you know the, the best experience and, and usually that's going to result in a bounce back and putting you right back to square one. So just to give you my own opinion for what it's worth, I just wanted to throw my own two pence in and just sort of confirm really that for me, the best way of de- de- determining what your calorie deficit should be is always going to be on a percentage level and determine that percentage of deficit based initially on your experience and your relationship with nutrition and your background and how you believe you're best going to be able to manage that. But ultimately, just listen to your body, listen to the signals, listen to the amount of energy you've got, and listen to how your cognitive abilities function, what your energy levels are like, you know, in your gym sessions and whatnot. Take all that feed, all, all that feedback that your body's giving you as very direct feedback as to whether or not the protocols that you've put in place are going to work for you. And remember, nothing's fixed. You can always reduce things. You can always tweak things as you go along to make sure that you're constantly progressing towards your goals. It's just about finding the right strategy for you because, again, we're all beautifully unique. Okay. Now, when it comes to um, deciding, again, just kind of going back a few minutes, I mentioned that before you can work out any of this, you need to first work out what your maintenance calories are. So, you know, what those target amount of calories is going to be in order for us to stay the same. And then we can manipulate our deficit or our surplus off of the back of that. So the best way for me, in my experience of working out your sort of... um, you know, your break-even calories, let's say, your maintenance calories, is going to be a formula called the Harris-Benedict equation. So what the Harris-Benedict equation is going to do, it's going to combine metrics that are personal to you. So for example, your height, your weight, your gender, and it's going to combine that with lifestyle factors based on your activity. So it's going to look at whether you're extremely sedentary, whether you're at a moderate activity level, whether you're active or extremely active day to day. And it's going to pair those two things together in an equation and it's going to give you a ballpark amount of calories that it believes is is around your maintenance level. Now, always remember, guys, that nothing is 100% accurate. Nothing is going to be exactly to the point specific, but it just gives you a good general idea of what your maintenance calories look like based on your personal metrics, based on your activity or movement, your output day to day. And that gives you a good starting point. So again, guys, that's called the Harris-Benedict equation. If you stick that in on Google, you'll get the full equation so you can work it out for yourself or I'm sure you'll be able to find a calculator online as well that it'll ask you for the basic information for you to input and then it'll give you, um, you know, it'll give you feedback based on the back of that. So for me, that's a really good place to start. Um, now, that's all from me today, guys. Hopefully, that just helps put into context the best way to suit you to achieve your deficit. But as I always say at the end of these episodes, if anything requires further explanation, if you need any help or support, please don't be a stranger. You're more than welcome to drop me a message directly. Um, I'll always come back to people wherever I can, so please do get in contact. Um, but again, thank you so much for taking the time to listen today. I really hope you found that of value. Um, thanks again for, for tuning in over over the last month or so and I look forward to seeing you on the other side I'll catch you next week for episode five take care have a great week guys